Due to the nature of our interview with James Raguski, I'd like to open this episode with another scripture. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, it says, And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. This is why the Bible states in Romans chapter 9, verse 27 through 28, Esaias also crieth concerning Israel, Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved, for he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. If you've read the Bible, then you know what we are currently facing. The WHO and the world leaders of this realm know their time on earth is limited, and they will to take as many people with them once they are gone. The only way to salvation is through faith, and faith means you need to seek it within the Spirit, the Word of God, because anything not of the Word is of this world. Men are constantly looking in the wrong place for the kingdom to appear, but Jesus Christ is here and now. For you to understand what I mean, I want you to watch the Revelation of Jesus Christ documentary by Tyler Doka of Pillar of Truth. Now on to the show. And you're in the presence of the greatest podcaster in the truth community. Amen, Neil. If you're not following Mikey J, I have one thing to say. What is wrong with you? The one, the only, Mikey J on KGUP presents. Five, four, three, two, one. And you know I had to tell him. The earth is flat. Bro, you need to check your facts. I got high up through the roof. And I landed on the moon. The moon flat too. In reality, everything is just in 2D. Okay. How you doing? I'm Mikey J, and you're tuned into another edition of KGP Presents. This is episode 67 of season five. Thank you so much for being here with us. We have an honored guest today, but first, I just wanted to give a quick reminder that we have uh, KGP merchandise that you can uh, own a piece of KGP because you know wearing our brand helps the you know get the word out, and uh, you know we have some cool items like news is propaganda, turn it off uh, shirts. We have the uh, Earth looks pretty flat to me shirts in question everything license plate, and of course, our official space is fake. KGP presents t-shirts just like the one I'm wearing. And uh, we're currently making some new designs coming up very shortly. So keep an eye out for those. Uh, you can go to our Etsy store at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash KGP store or go to KG, uh, go to www.kgup1065.com and click shop. And if you didn't know, you can join for as little as $3 a month if and you're eligible to get a free t-shirt for being a Patreon member after each year. And it, there's no limit to how many t-shirts you are uh, you own. Just as long as you're an annual member, you get one every year. So onto the show, our guest today, he's an author, he's a researcher, activist, he's a natural health advocate. He specializes in researching highly complex issues that, and, and translating data into simple language that 
can be easily understood to facilitate action against organizations like the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, and any organization that is seeking to rob us of our liberties. So with that said, let's bring him on, the man of the hour, the one, the only, James <laughs> Rogeski. How you doing? Thank, thank you uh, for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I hope I can live up to that uh, glorious introduction. But uh, <laughs> for the most part, what I've been doing for the last year, even though it's not really where my heart and my passion is, there's a lot of things in the world that you know I'd love to be doing. But I stumbled down into the WHO rabbit hole um, about a year ago, and it is the year of the rabbit now. And there are an awful lot of rabbit turds in their rabbit hole. Uh, and the, it's just... They tell you exactly what they're doing. They tell you what they're going to do, mm-hmm. but they do it in such a boring, long-winded, wordy way that most people don't bother reading it. Right. And so they have a concept by which they operate, which is, you know, hey, we told you and your silence is consent. But in this particular case, there's no way to give public opinion. They're right. just, they're having discussions with unelected, unaccountable, um, unknown bureaucrats who I think they've identified a really deep flaw in the system. And I'll I'll dive right into it because I think it really is the core of the problem. Last year, the World Health Assembly amended the international health regulations. And I bet nobody noticed other than me and a few others. Okay. And, And the way they do it is they have a document, which are the amendments, they have their big meeting, and then at some point in the meeting, they re- reference the document that are the amendments, mm-hmm. and they say, does anybody have an objection? Okay, it's been adopted. Nobody's, yeah. Nobody's spoken. No, I'm, I, I'm seriously not kidding. That's literally what they do. And so the rules under which the international health regulations you know, are amended there is no presidential signature needed. There is no advice and consent of the Senate or a parliament or foreign minister or anything. Um, they've identified that they can give themselves power just as long as we're not paying attention and nobody objects. And that's really messed up. And now in the media over the last couple of weeks and a month, um, people are talking about the treaty. And now that's a thing. But that's not the thing. Mm-hmm. What, I'm, what I'm talking about is not the treaty. It's proposed amendments to existing regulations. Makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. You know, I I didn't really start to get this like urge in my my body or my, my, my mind to even say to speak out. You know, before like around 2008, I started learning about Edward Bernays and like, mm-hmm. you know, the the. <laughs> Do- watching documentaries about mm-hmm. 9-11 and stuff and it, it it you know at that time it was just you know information it was entertainment you know life was just going on normally mm-hmm. but around 2018 i really started to you know notice the these different things about about politics and like it mm-hmm. was all a lie and it started no- noticing fake news and then of course right before covid hit i started to see all the the tyranny and the lockdowns in China and stuff. And so that, that whole, whole 2020 was just like a, a wake up call. And then mm-hmm. 
at that time, I wanted to change my format. And I was like, you know, I really need to speak out and start saying stuff. But, you know, I, I wasn't educated enough on the subjects. And, you know, I just started noticing like, you know, oh, oh my God, you know, Agenda 2030 is really unfolding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, coming across like the, you know, the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization and how they're just, you know, relying on our ignorance. And I mean, obviously, everything that they're doing is based on profit, because if it wasn't for the profit model, they wouldn't, you know, it, it would really be about health in, in helping people. But it's really about, you know, representing the these corporations and making a profit. What, what's your take on all of like these medical procedures and the profit, you know, and, and the, the corporate model. How do you see all that? Um, I'll, I'll go back a ways because I think we have a little bit of time to talk today. Um, I'm 63 years old. I was born in 1960. And approximately half my lifetime ago, I, um, when Hillary Clinton was the uh, first lady, but she was put in charge of revamping healthcare in the early 90s, I actually wrote a healthcare proposal. Um, for you know government healthcare because calling it insurance is is a falsehood, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I got into an argument in Rhode Island with a local station um, manager of a TV affiliate in Rhode Island, and he was very condescending. He was about fifteen years older than me. Pulls me aside, puts his arm around me, whispers in my ear. He goes, "Listen here, kiddo, um, let me help you out. We don't give an f." about our viewers our advertisers pay the bills around here do you understand and that was the only thing i ever needed to hear it's a business anybody who thinks that any media organization is you know out there to give them the truth okay there are some you know you're doing the best you can to put the truth out that, that you got but so many organizations, you know, they got to pay the bills. Yeah. And if somebody's paying the bills, they're, you know, they're calling the tune. And so uh, a few years after that, I moved out to California in 1996. And at the time, California was the place where all the wacko natural people were. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like it was wide open. If you wanted to do something, you know, um, that wasn't pharmaceutical. California was actually the place to be. And so I ended up um, managing and I was the buyer for a couple of mom and pop urban nutrition stores. And so for 15 years, I was deep down the rabbit hole of learning about all things natural. And I came to the realization that the health care system doesn't actually heal people because there's no money in healing people, they want to prolong disease, treat your symptoms with actually literally poison in a very sophisticated way so that it neutralizes your symptoms. You feel a little bit better, but you're being poisoned. Mm -hmm. And I'll really, really, really fast forward it to a couple years ago. There was data that came out. Maybe people have heard the phrase comorbidities. Okay. People said, oh, those who had comorbidities were more likely to suffer from COVID or die. Well, there was data that came flashing through, you know, the internet world very briefly. Um, I haven't been able to relocate it, but it correlated 
what was the greatest risk factor for people to either get COVID, be serious, you know, ill with COVID or die from it? And it was the number of pharmaceutical medications that people were taking was the most clear um, link to whether or not people survived. And so comorbidities, yeah, you got diabetes, you got heart disease, you got this, you got that. But what it really means is that those people were likely to be on many, many, many medications. And those medications don't actually cure the problem. They damage your liver, they damage your kidneys, your immune system, your digestive system, throw everything out of balance. They deplete your nutritional um, resources. The world is being poisoned in, you know, in the name of healthcare. And, you know, I count my blessings. I haven't been to a doctor since I was 19. You couldn't pay me to go to a doctor. (laughs) I haven't been jabbed since the 1960s. And so, you know, that's just not going to happen. Um, but if you're trapped in that system and you don't understand that that system's desire is to not kill you, I don't think they want to kill you. That makes money for the undertaker. Mm. They want to keep you believing that they're trying to help you while they're prescribing poison after poison after poison. And the injectables, when they showed up, you know, a couple of years ago, I was like, wow, that's a very sophisticated customer acquisition program. That's what drugs are. You, you come in for your, your yearly you know, exam, physical, whatever they want to call it. I've actually had physical examinations. And, and what doctors do is not a physical examination. Okay, They run some tests and hope that some of the results of the tests can be used to convince you that you have a, an issue that needs to be treated with the pharmaceutical poison. They convince you to take a prescription. Then you got to come back six months later for another test because it might be wrecking your liver or your kidneys. Oh, you got something else because you're being poisoned. Mm-hmm. And here's another poison. Here's another poison. Here's another poison. And, and you know, it's a downward spiral that most people can't extract themselves from because the the withdrawal from all of the drugs is, is too much. And the the what I call now the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex is about five times the size financially as the military industrial complex. And they kill probably five times as many people. But people have been literally subliminally programmed, ask your doctor. Ask your Mm -hmm. doctor if this thing is right for you. People don't even know what the heck it is. I mean, they don't even say anymore what it might be for. Some beautiful pictures on an advertisement. Ask your doctor if such and such is right for you. Well, you know, don't ask your doctor. Um, ask yourself. Look inside yourself. You know, ask other people who have a different view of the world other than the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. They don't care about you because their business model is not designed. If 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 you know of anybody who gets paid more money when you're healthy, you let me know. <laughs> no, that would be an incentivized system whereby if if somebody quote unquote healed you or gave you advice so that you could naturally heal yourself they should be compensated with great amounts of money but the way the system is structured the sicker you are the more justified the practitioners are to call for more tests and more procedures and MRIs and all, the the more they do to you 
the more money they make and the more money the whole system makes. And until people realize that the system is not designed to benefit from them being healthy, because if you're like me, um, I haven't been to a doctor since I was 19. They haven't made a penny <laughs> off of me. Yeah. And I, I hope to go to my grave with them never having made a penny off of me. Right. And so that's not good for their business. Right. And when people begin to realize that, it will all change. But um, now, you know, even after people have been grossly injured by these jabs, they're going right back to the doctor to try to ask the doctor to help them with all of the ailments that they have because of the jab. You know, it, it's like asking your abuser to, you know, help you with your injuries. Yeah. It's it's insanity at its finest, but, you know, that's what we're dealing with. Yeah, I haven't seen a doctor since uh, 2006. You know, I had a car, I was involved in a car accident and I was, you know, they couldn't operate on me because it was soft tissue damage. And so mm -hmm. what they did is they just prescribed me just medication after medication after medication. And mm -hmm. there was all these like test trials or anything. Well, why don't you try this? You know, maybe this will work. And, and uh, you know, and meanwhile, I'm gaining weight. I'm, I'm you know, not feeling any better. Mm -hmm but they just kept prescribing me different stuff. And I just, I was ignorant at that time. And I just said, yes, I'll try it. And then let me, let me, let me nitpick a word. Uh, it's a, it's a pet bugaboo with me. Okay. Uh -huh. um, I, I don't know your exact situation, but I'd like to distinguish a couple of words. Most people are just unaware. Right. And, and if you're unaware of something, you know, that's, that's uh, acceptable, knowable. I mean, it, it's, it's okay to just not know something. There's all kinds of things I don't know. Mm -hmm. Once you know, and you don't want to, you, you don't want to deal with it. It's not ignorant. It's actually ignorance. Mm. And so being unaware is one thing, but once people know and they choose to ignore it, it doesn't mean they're stupid. It means that they, they knowingly choose to ignore the facts. And so a lot of people are unaware you know, they've been propagandized, they watch TV, they're taught whatever they're taught, and you, you just have no idea, you trust somebody, they give you, you know, the information, you think they're an expert. And then at some point, and I was going to ask you, um, you know, you said something about 2018 and 2020, was there like a moment where the light bulb really went off and you're like, wait a minute, you know, something's <laughs> really, was, was there that sort of eureka moment for you or was it just a, a slow burning red pill? I, I think it was a slow burning red pill, but if you know, putting it that way, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, you know, discovering like the, the true shape of the earth and like, you know, being a teacher and then working in that field and like mm -hmm. seeing all these like videos and like, wow, oh, this is, this is impossible for us to even <laughs> prove, but I mean, that's a whole different subject, but you know, it, it was a tr slow awakening for me. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I thought, I was awake to the whole left-right paradigm, but, you know, honestly, I was, you know, I had voted for Trump back in 2016 and, you know, the, and then when he, once he signed the CARES Act and the, and the you know, the pushing the, the whole V, I lost my, my faith and, and I was like, you know what, that's it. I'm done. I'm not voting ever again, you know, um, going to the voting polls and, and seeing them physically put my ballot underneath the the voting machine which never really counted in the first place so even if like 
got put placed, my ballot was placed in the top slot, it still wouldn't have mattered because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's all set up. It's, it's all a show, you know, because I, I was living in Pasadena, California at the time. And, you know, it, it, it's a it's a blue county. So yeah, I'm right next door. I live in Glendale, so I, I'm familiar oh, okay. with the area. Yeah. Nice. And, and <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean, the one thing that I um, I agree with um, what you're saying about elections and all that. Uh, I feel that one thing that I can do is trying to just get as much accurate information out to as many people as possible. And with this whole set of circumstances with the WHO, when these proposed amendments came in um, to existing law from, it's from 16 nations, but it's really on behalf of like 90 nations. And so there's 197 pages worth of these proposed amendments, and there's 307 in total. They would change more than half of the 66 articles um, in th- these documents. Nobody wants to read that. Okay, so I'm I'm actually lucky. I had the time and the inclination. So back in January, I did an article, um, 100 Reasons Why You Should Oppose This. And people around the world helped me translate it into 18 different languages. And so anybody can go to stopthewho.com and get sort of the summary because nobody wants to, you know, dig into all this globalese, legalese, difficult to read craziness. Um, A week or two ago, I did 50 really bad amendments. And one of the things that they did is they, they published a summary of the 200 and or the 197 pages, but they didn't link which nation did which amendment. Mm. So it put forth this 51 page document where it looks like it's all just one thing, right? And you, people lost sight of, oh, well, you know, the African nations are asking for this and the European nations are asking for that and America is asking for this and South America and Malaysia and so forth and so on. But there's a hundred nations that did not propose any amendments. And so does that mean that they thought everything was fine? It should just be left alone, right? So I did the top 50 and that way people could know like which nation did what. I boiled it down to the top 10 but you can actually boil it down to the one soundbite because a year ago when I read the international health regulations, I came upon article three, which is the core principles. Mm -hmm. And the first principle in article three is that the regulations are supposed to be uh, implemented with full respect for the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of people. And the, Indian proposed amendment would just cross that out. And so back in December, when I first read that, my jaw was hanging open. I'm like, did they, am I, am I looking at this straight? I mean, it's just cross. Sure enough. I can't even believe that they put it in, in digital print, right? Mm -hmm. No, that pesky um, dignity, human rights and fundamental freedoms. Let's just do away with that because if they want to set up, a totalitarian dictatorship whereby their recommendations are not recommendations anymore, they're commands. And they want to be put in charge of, you know, telling nations what they can and cannot make and who they have to give it to and, and have a digital health certificate where people have to get vaccines and 
tests and all that stuff. Well, you can't be allowing, you know, dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms if you're going to be quarantining people and restricting travel and injecting on demand and all that sort of stuff. And so all people really need to know is that's what they're proposing in these amendments. Now, what's going on in the media is those proposals are in the amendments to the regulations. There's a totally different document, which is a proposed treaty. And that's what they're talking about. And it's got some horrible stuff in it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have what I just said in it. So fact checkers right now are having a field day because people in the alternative media who are not really paying attention, not doing their homework, are talking about things that are in the amendments, mm-hmm. but attributing them to the treaty. Uh. And they're just, they're ruining it. They're blowing it. They're making a mistake. Right. Now, if you actually go and read the treaty, the treaty is only 32 pages long. The first 12 pages are the most sickeningly sweet propaganda you'll ever read. It's just, you know, health and sovereignty and inclusivity and equity and, you know, kumbaya, we're all going to live together in a wonderful world. Then it has, you know, like 20 pages of really pretty bad stuff. But for anybody who just cracks open the the treaty, it's only 32 pages, they start reading it. They go, well, this doesn't sound that bad. And they go looking. They go looking for the things that people are concerned about, and they can't find them because they're looking in the wrong place. Because people got it all mixed up. It's it's a beautiful psychological operation to just mess with people's heads. And mm-hmm. if I can just help people straighten it out, I could put it in one sentence. If somebody's talking about the treaty, and they're not talking about the proposed amendments to the regulations, they're missing the boat. Right, and so you know, do your homework and, and understand the difference. That's like quoting the constitution and then completely ignoring the, all the other amendments. Right. <laughs> which, right. Which are, or what we are, which is what is enacted, you uh-huh. know? So, yeah. And so that reminds me of the, uh, the document that I kind of, you know, got me to want to speak to you because, uh, you know, it, it was a document that was released in 2020 and it was the uh, it was published by the Texas State University and Columbia University uh, and John Hopkins Center for Health and Security mm-hmm. and Department of Environmental Health. And mm-hmm. in a, it was the SPARS pandemic 2025-2028, a futuristic scenario of the, to facilitate the medical countermeasure of communication so unlike event 201 which mapped out everything this mm-hmm. was really geared towards misinformation and mm-hmm. um social media because you mm-hmm. know the the who does not care about the safety of of these drugs they you know they really only care about making money and getting people to get the jab and and t- taking these medical procedures and they hide the actual mortality rates and mm-hmm. don't care about violating our individual rights so they actually met um, on February 27th, which is today, uh, to talk about the most recent amendments. But it didn't, you know, maybe because we're too close, they haven't really published everything that's happened. Do you happen to know what they were meeting about? Um, I do. And um, I actually want to follow up on what you're talking about with the SPARS and the Event 201. Um 
a year ago, I published an article almost a year ago um, in March um, called Money Pox because they had done a scenario about monkey or so they said monkey pox. And the scenario was supposed to begin on some day in March, I forget exactly which one, of 2022. And lo and behold, the first um, quote unquote case showed up like just a couple of days different. And, and you know, interestingly enough, I, I know people in, you know, Malaysia and elsewhere, the nations that have monkeys running around, right, mm -hmm. didn't get monkeypox. The nations that have a lot of money got monkeypox. <laughs> and so, you know, you start to look at these things and, and you can just see the BS coming, right? Yeah. So in October of this year, I take that back on in October of 2022, um, approximately, I guess, three years after event 201, the exact same group, um, the Johns Hopkins group, along with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, did another tabletop exercise again in 2005 i'm sorry 2025 and they're talking about an enterovirus you know outbreak um scheduled for venezuela <laughs> so if you know anybody in eastern venezuela tell them to be paying attention in 2025 and they referred to that as um catastrophic contagion same, you know, same story, you know, fake news broadcasts and all that sort of thing, the predictions and, you know, millions and millions and millions of people are supposed to die. Well, I noticed that they had neglected to get the domain name catastrophiccontagion.com. So I snagged it and I wrote a spoof article about it. You did? Um, so if you go to catastrophiccontagion.com, um, have some fun. Um, I'm goofing on them for just being so ridiculous. Wow. And and so um, what they're doing uh, this week, last week and and, and, and so forth, um, I don't know. You know, we're recording this and whenever it goes out live, people will see it. So for many people, when they see this, it will have already passed. So I'll give some dates. OK, yeah. from February 20th to the 24th. And this is already passed. They were scheduled to have meetings to discuss the amendments to the international health regulations. And that's what I'm far more concerned about because that's where all of the egregious things that I mentioned earlier are planned, you know, to or proposed to be changed. Right. Most importantly, the attempts to institute a global digital health certificate, call it what you want, vaccine certificate, testing certificate, um, prophylaxis certificate, um, uh, recovery certificate, travel locator forms. They want everybody to have a QR code either on a, on a phone or on paper. You know, they, what they really want is to be able to track and trace everybody. And that's in the amendments, right? Mm -hmm. And so all of this past week, they were having meetings in Geneva about that. It's the working group for amendments to the international health regulations, WGIHR. They had a closed meeting on Monday morning, and then they had a little meeting Monday afternoon, and they presented a review committee report on Tuesday. And then Wednesday and Thursday, Thursday they just went, they went silent. They went into closed meetings. Huh. And then they came out on Friday afternoon um, after basically having five or six sessions that were secret. Uh, at the end of these meetings, they literally collaboratively edit their final report 
so that they all agree on the final report. So they spent an hour and a half editing. Okay. They got to the last item on the agenda. Literally, the last item was to end the meeting. Yeah. And Sweden and the United States and New Zealand and a whole bunch of other countries, they want time to talk, you know, just when everybody's ready to go home. And since it was the one year anniversary of Russia and Ukraine starting what's going on there, they just all laid into Russia. And so um, there was not a word anywhere in the entire week about anything to do with health. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Okay. It's politics. It's, you know, a bunch of empty words, a bunch of global ease. And whatever went on in the secret meetings, God only knows. Okay. And so um, part of the problem is nobody even knows who these people are. No, right. you know, nobody knows who the delegates are in these meetings. They'll say something like, okay, United Kingdom may speak or Malaysia may speak or Ireland may speak. They don't actually give the name of the delegate. So even though you're looking at them, you don't know who is actually talking, you know, on your, your behalf. Right. Right. So today's Monday, the 27th. And there's been an awful lot of fake news the past couple of weeks from the alternative media getting it wrong, unfortunately, that Biden was going to sign the treaty today. Well, the treaty's not ready. They haven't even decided whether or not their quote-unquote zero draft is even good enough to begin the negotiations. Mm -hmm. So anybody who said that it was going to be signed just you know isn't really paying attention they're having meetings you know all year yeah and, and the so fact they, checkers are having a field day fact and you know rightfully so because people are getting it wrong and yeah and so um because they're mixing everything up and making claims that they can't back up and you know it's really easy uh it seems like part of their i don't know it's it's the way they do business but some people say it's part of their religion you know they tell everybody what they're doing yeah, I was I was interviewed at the end of last year, and somebody said, "Oh, Jim, what do you think they're going? You know, WHO is going to do in 2023?" So I got out their calendar. I'm like, "Well, on this date they're going to do that, and on that date they're going to do this." It's not hard to stay ahead of, right? right. You know, they tell you what they're going to be doing, and so this week they're supposed to be um, discussing whether or not the zero draft is going to be good enough to begin negotiations because what it is now is so far, they've just been accepting proposals and compiling them, but they're not like really duking it out yet. Oh, we want this and we want that. And, you know, so quote unquote negotiations technically are, are maybe going to start this week, maybe not. Um, and, you know, like in today's meetings, cause they are televising or, or live streaming and recording some of these, um, I caught a portion of it. Um, I believe it was Japan that said, oh, you know, if this is in there and this is in there and this is in there, we can't agree to it. Mm-hmm. And so there's definitely a uh, conflict going on. And I actually see it as one heck of a soap opera because what, what's really going on is all of the many different nations have realized that they can change international law and if people aren't watching, they can get whatever they want. Yeah. 
And if we don't say that we don't consent, they just accept our silence as being consent. And so we need to pay attention. We need to speak up and we need to say, no, I do not consent to you making these decisions without any of my input. And ultimately the answer is we're in a really bad relationship with an abusive party and we need to leave. Right. And so I encourage people to go to exit the who com and that's primarily for the United States um, people who are outside of the United States around the world can go to stop the global agenda.com and you know raise your voice don't mm -hmm. let them try to sneak this through without anybody paying attention they just want more power more money and see the WHO all of the last three years and forever has been allowed to make recommendations okay they make recommendations, big deal. They want to change that so that their recommendations would be orders. And that's just not acceptable. Just It's just not acceptable to have a single person, the director general, be able to say this is what he commands and have it be legally binding upon everybody on the planet. That's just not going to happen. Right. You know, you, you bring up a good point that, you know, silence is complicitness. I mean, that's why entertainment is so important to have, you know, your black mirror and social media all pointing towards, you know, entertainment and, and these celebrities, because it, it just distracts you, mm -hmm. and, you know, and that's why all these, there's so many sports channels. I can't even count how many sports channels there are that just run 24 seven. Mm -hmm. I mean, I used to be one of those people. I, I loved all, you know, I love NASCAR and football, mm -hmm. and, you know, and I would, I would get up in the morning, watch, watch, uh, you know, the, the news and watch the sports updates and then get to the gym and watch more sports updates. And, you know, after work, you know, you eat, eat something and you watch the news or, and then eight o'clock rolls around, you're watching your favorite show. You don't have time to, to research. You don't, you don't want to bring yourself down by getting real information about mm -hmm. the world. And so people choose to just be ignorant, you know? And, and they, well, you know, I've, I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, oh, well, you know, how big is your team? Right. And I'm like, well, I got me, myself and I, right. And, and my girlfriend and, you know, her and herself, but, you know, I haven't had a television ever. And, you know, I've never actually personally owned a television. It's not like I've never seen one. Right. Mm -hmm. But whatever the average amount of time is that people watch television, or sports, or you know, entertainment, Netflix, whatever, um, or for that matter, social media. Okay, if if you can just tally up what the average amount of time is that people spend on that, I don't, mm -hmm. and so I'm busy digging into stuff that they're trying to hide, and the media is busy trying to distract you from the things that they're trying to hide, right. and so. You know, one one day doesn't necessarily make a difference, but if it's, you know, whatever the average is, two, three, four hours a day um, times 20 years, that's a lot of programming, okay? Yeah. And so, you know, even music, um, I, my girlfriend and I were in a uh, coffee shop a number of years ago, and I felt really uncomfortable, and I, I couldn't figure out what, something was bothering me, and I realized that there was a speaker up above and it was playing music, but I couldn't make out the words. 
And she had a, a phone app and was able to put it up to the speaker and it could identify what the song was. Yeah. So we looked up the lyrics and interspersed in the lyrics, it kept repeating, you should kill yourself. Oh, wow. And I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. Wow. I couldn't, I couldn't consciously make it out, but subliminally it was making me uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> I, I've had other experiences and everybody knows this. You could be anywhere and the television is on in the background. Okay. Yeah. And so people don't realize what the real reason for the pharmaceutical ads are, right? If you watch any of those ads and you're consciously paying attention and then they go running through all the side effects, you're like, oh, that's crazy. Okay. Nobody would want that. It's not meant to be watched consciously. Right. When it's on in the background, they are listing all of these ailments. And so for the hypochondriac in your subliminal mind, Oh, maybe you've got this and maybe you've got that. and Maybe you've got the other thing. Okay. <laughs> ask, ask your doctor, ask your doctor. I mean, I've had long conversations with people. I wrote a book 16 plus years ago entitled your doctor is a liar. I've always given it away. You can go to your doctor is a liar.com. You can download the ebook and I'll be talking to people about it, telling them why they shouldn't be going to the doctor, all the other many things they could do. And at the end of the conversation, invariably, they'll be like, oh, thanks for all the information. Sounds really great. I'll have to ask my doctor. <laughs> and you just go, man, the programming is powerful. Oh, yeah. And so that's why they call it programming. You watch it, you watch it, you watch it, you watch it. It sinks in. And then you forget that it's there. Yeah. And, and then, you know, whenever something comes up in your life, you're programmed and you don't even know it. Mm -hmm. You just yeah. got to break away and, and stop watching it. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, I think it was last year. The time is flying, but um, both my mom and my dad, they, they had COVID really bad and mm -hmm. they ended up passing out and then they were on their way to San Diego because their doctor said, don't go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And at one point their doctor was my doctor. And mm -hmm. at that time, Back in, I don't know, 20, 2006, I mean, he was part of that whole indoctrination and selling all the, the pharmaceuticals sure. and making me take this and take that. And, you know, got my mom and dad on and all these other medications. But when it came down to COVID, he's like, don't go to the hospital. But yeah. you didn't hear that from me. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> no, I mean, the system, the system is messed up. Yeah. And so one of the things that people don't, really recognize is that currently and you know all in the past the who has no authority they only have under article 23 the authority to make recommendations but the media presents those recommendations with with this air of authority yep. okay and oftentimes you know it's referred to as the color of law right just because somebody says you have to, doesn't mean you have to, right? Right. And, you know, question number one is, well, who the heck are you, right? And what law are you referring to? And what law names you 
as the person who's supposed to be enforcing the law that you can't find that's telling me that I have to, right? And so what we've been dealing with is the vast majority of people are unaware of what, you know, really the rules are and who has authority and who doesn't and what is the limit of that authority. But more importantly, people don't know what their rights are. And so when somebody just says, you have to, right? Um, That's just them being a bully. Yeah. And if if you're strong enough in your understanding of who you are and what your rights are, you go, well, um, can you show me the law? Can you show me how it is in the law that you're the person to enforce that law? Mm-hmm. Now, if it's a constitutional county sheriff and he's got a subpoena or a warrant that's got a wet signature on it from somebody and you've been doing something that might be you know, not so good, um, you maybe want to you know, think twice about what you do and say. But almost in every other case, it's just a bully being a bully. Right. And now I'm not saying that oftentimes bullies aren't very strong and powerful and have, you know, have a leg up on you and it's really hard to push back. But when you understand that that's what the situation is, they don't have authority. They don't have the right to do that to you. You are in the right. They're just using force, okay, and and you know obnoxious, um, fake authority. It's not easy. There's no doubt about it. Right. But when people come together and they understand that that act of pretending to have legal authority is a punishable crime. If you look up Title eighteen, Section two forty two, color of law. If somebody pretends to have governmental authority to be able to tell you what to do, and that particular person does not have that authority, they're not the Secretary of Health and Human Services, or they're not you know, some government official who's actually, their office is given that authority, um, they're committing a crime. Right. And when average people realize that they've been they've they've had crimes committed against them the way i think this is ultimately going to end is when individual people start checking that right at the source and they go hold on what's your name okay what's your contact information because i need to have my lawyer contact you because you realize you just committed a crime (laughs) okay that person to person standing up for your rights against someone who's behaving like a bully with no authority whatsoever, when you know everybody wants to put Fauci on trial and everybody else, okay? But all of this actually gets put into play on a person-to-person level when other, you know, whether it's your employer or you know a store owner or whomever it may be, um, they don't have the authority to boss you around. Right. And when you realize that and you call them on it they are then liable for their crime. And when individual people begin to realize that it's their individual responsibility to put a stop to that bullying, um, then it'll stop and it it won't stop before. Government's not going to fix that. Government's part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, My, my, both 
my almost my entire family they they haven't gotten the the jabby mm-hmm. jab and my even my two sisters who work for school districts in in San Diego California I mean they they fought the system and they mm-hmm. good for them they haven't they haven't had to comply so I don't I, I don't know if it was me back back in 2020 because I, I three weeks into the pandemic my wife and I were out out of Los Angeles because we we lived you know right in between. Culver City and and Venice mm-hmm. Beach, and so, you know, we we experienced the lockdowns firsthand. I mean, we saw the the military helicopters flying over the over the beaches, and mm-hmm. you know, police on their their horses with their bull. Oh, horns. it's a good thing they dragged all those surfers out of the water because they were spreading <laughs> COVID. You know, it it was nice weather. It was eighty degrees, and they were kicking bed, kicking people out of the the beaches. And even though they had just said that temperatures above 80 degrees you know covid couldn't survive but people were still you know there's this cognitive cognitive dissonance and other people would say oh well covid is run rapid you know i mean there were so many things that were just happening at that time like i had a a radio and television studio up in north hollywood that my friend and i were going to open and when i crossed the hollywood hills People were driving around, going to work, going. They were shopping, and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" Still, and, Los Angeles, technically, yeah, yeah. And but you go back south across the Hollywood Hills into Hollywood and Santa Monica area, and people were just locked down, like like you know, it was like that movie with uh, Dustin Hoffman, and you know, the the only thing that we just weren't forced to wear these hazmat suits when we went outside, <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, it, it's just crazy. And, and it made me uh, listen to Alex Jones. And, you know, and he was saying, like, you know, Donald Trump's going to declare martial law and we're not going to be able to leave the state. And I was my wife and I were like, we need to get out of here <laughs> just uh-huh. just in case that's true. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that never happened. So luckily that that didn't happen. It was just, you know, fear mongering. You know, everybody was just profiting off of the fear and you know, well, you know, the um, definition of domestic terror is using fear to try to change policy. And the media fit the definition of domestic terrorists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the people who are resisting that terror to do what, you know, they feel it, it's all backwards. And at some point, um, you know, I see a day where the crazy laws that have been put in place, when you look at them sideways, you go, well, wait a minute. The laws that they're trying to impose upon us are actually laws that apply to them. Yeah. And and so if ever there was a domestic terrorist, it was all of the people who were forcing things, you know, forcing people to do things, um, putting fear into the hearts of people that was unjustified. And so um, many of the laws that are in place, um, I hope at some point will rebound against the people who put them in place because they're the ones who are actually breaking them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if enough of us speak out, you know, the word will eventually get out and people will will start resisting because Mm -hmm. ultimately that's what we're trying to do is just wake up that one extra person to you know, realize that this is all a facade that mm-hmm. we, we need to stand up and stop letting these ty- tyrants, you know, take away our, our, our liberties. 
in so one of one of the things that I'm very very optimistic about, and you know, very simply stated, um, people can go to stop the who.com to get an overview. Mm -hmm. um, these proposed amendments are just so obviously ridiculously bad. Okay, that when people look at it, they're generally the first response is, you know, I don't even know what you're talking about, right? Amendments, international health regulations. And I can relate because a little bit more than a year ago, I'd never heard of these things. I, this is the second time around. Last year, I found the same information and reported it. And Biden and their administration had proposed amendments last year. And when the May assembly in Geneva came around, the Biden amendments completely got kicked to the curb. And so I have every faith, you know, that we're going to do the same thing again. But a little more than a year ago, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. and, and so for anybody, you know, now to say, you know, what are these? I have no idea. I get it. I mean, a year ago, I had no idea. And, and so when people look at it, um, number one, the name is wrong. Because they don't talk about health. They literally should be called the International Surveillance Monitoring, Reporting, Emergency Declaring um, Control Regulations, because right. that's really what they're all about. And so people see, oh, health regulations must be good. No, it's got nothing to do with health at all. It's all about surveillance and monitoring and reporting. And so when people look at it and they see that India proposed crossing out respect for dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms, you get a little bit of a brain freeze because you're like, no, they really proposed that, did they? But it's an official WHO document. It's literally digitally in print on their website. Right. And then you go, they want to change recommendations to be mandatory. Well, that's not what a recommendation is. That's an order. Yeah. Okay. And so you want one person to be able to declare that there's an emergency. And when there's an emergency, they have all these power. Oh, wait a minute. No, not an emergency. They can actually declare it's it's circular logic. They can declare an emergency if there's the potential that there can be an emergency. Yeah. And, and you just go, what kind of English is that? That that doesn't make any sense at all. Oh, great. We just get to give ourselves power whenever we want. Okay. And the main thing that they want from these amendments are to institute the global digital health certificate, vaccine passport, digital ID, whatever you want to call it, so they can track and trace and control everybody's lives yep. and you know, mandate you have to have this done or that done, essentially headed towards a social credit system like you see in China. And that's just not acceptable. There, you know, number one, the vaccines make people worse. So mm -hmm. how is that helping? Um, the quote unquote PCR is not a test. It's a process. That's a laboratory process that does has a horrible um, record of correlating to any kind of disease. It's ridiculous. It's fraudulent. Mm -hmm. So a testing certificate is ridiculous. Okay. Um, the the whole idea is makes all of the sense in the world when you accept that the people who are involved in this are not trying to make people healthier. They're trying to give themselves more power 
money, and control. Yep. And if you're good with that, then you all can support it. But um, <laughs> I think that's a really bad... I, having Tedros Ghebreyesus, the director general of the WHO, be in charge of every aspect of you know your, my, and everybody else's health from Geneva to institute a one health you know regime where they're in charge of everything. Um, yeah. I don't think that's optimal. Not at all. I mean, they're already taking over our entire education system by implementing these, this international baccalaureate programs. So all the colleges and schools are all interchangeable. They're all teaching the same mm -hmm. propaganda. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like my students, I mean, majority of the teachers show CNN 10, which is all propagandized news. It's not real news. I mean, half the stories are all like Hollywood reenactments mm -hmm. of what they want people to to ingest because mm -hmm. they're, they're a corporation that they, they they rely on viewers and so mm -hmm. they don't care that they're actually they're not giving people actual news i mean the, all, all these news corporations are all under the irs uh designation of entertainment so they don't they don't have to <laughs> they don't have to adhere to any news um you know uh guidelines they right. can show whatever they want and they're protected. Yeah. That's the world in which we live. And if you're unaware of it, it'll catch you by surprise. And then you have your big old wake-up call, and it's it's shocking. Um, you know, I, I was lucky 30 years ago. I had somebody whisper in my ear the truth, okay? And um, once you see it, um, I suppose you could go back to sleep. I mean, you know, in the movie The Matrix, you know, <laughs> oh, give me, give me the blue pill. I want to go back, right? But... Um, I, I see reason for optimism because I see more and more people awakening. Um, I guess people could fall back asleep and, you know, there could be some other scare tactic, but, you know, their moneypox idea was a miserable failure. Okay. That didn't catch at all. Um, the uptake on um, booster after booster after booster. Yeah. They scared everybody. A lot of people took it. But more and more and more people go like, no, nah, I'm not doing it, not doing it, not doing it. Um, and, and so I, I, th I really think they've blown it. And mm -hmm. my visual on what I see going on is that if, if the systems that we have grown accustomed to, the you know healthcare system, insurance, and all, all that thing, if you view that as a hard-boiled egg that's just been all cracked, right, the existing system is shattered. Nobody right. has faith in government. Nobody has faith in medicine. Nobody has faith in the media. Um, and we're, we're just peeling it off right now. It's totally shattered. It's not Humpty Dumpty and all those men can't put that mess back together again. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I'm also working on many levels. What do we want? Okay. And so one of the things I encourage people to say is, well, you know, what do you want going forward it's not enough to say oh that's bad and that has to stop um you know i want a world where um i have all of the freedom to choose whatever is done to my body and nobody gets to tell me what that can or cannot be mm -hmm. okay um i have the freedom to travel you you can't stop me and tell me that i have to do something to my body in order to be able to travel that's just against fundamental human rights and and so when people start speaking up for what well, you know what is it you want um your silence 
is what's holding it all back. And when everybody gets together and they say, look, you know, I demand that this be done and I demand that that be done. Um, we need to craft a better new way forward. Um, I, I plan on living for an awfully long time and I don't want to live in their world where, you know, people own nothing and, and uh, eat the bugs and live in 15 minute cities and all yeah. that, you know, they're very good at saying what they want for us. Okay. Um, right. How about we start saying what we want? And so that's what I advocate everybody do. Just, you know, identify what it is you want and speak up because your silence is actually part of the problem. Right. Yeah. My, my wife and I were, we're in the process of like, looking to buy land you know we mm -hmm. were looking into having a bee farm and raising chickens and having mm -hmm. a massive garden that we've always dreamed of and you know i, I want to be completely off a grid and not rely off the on the on the government for for water and, and sewage and mm -hmm. electricity and stuff so i want to be as self-efficient as i possibly can you know but somehow still do this show and still try to wake people up <laughs> yeah cool. yeah um, so another thing, I mean, uh, there's a lot of things that are just hap happening all at once, you know, like the, uh, the economic collapse and, and, you know, that, that's kind of like a slow trickle to the 2025. I mean, there's predictions that the, the, there's the, the collapse of the U S dollar and then bringing in the new, you know, digital currency to kind of go and coincide with with the uh the pandemic lockdowns and then they're also i mean i don't know if you've noticed but all the the weather modifications i mean it's just running rampant like there's not a day that goes by where i don't see these trails in the sky and then the next day there's like you know wind and hail and and storms and it's it's just it's absolutely nuts what's happening i mean bill gates have he's even said that he's wanted to to black to block the sun to mitigate climate change, you know, it's like, but they're, they're the ones that are actually causing the climate change and people, I, I talk to regular people and they just have no freaking clue, but all these things, I think they're just going to be happening all at the same time during 2025. And how do we combat that? I mean, you know, well, I, I think you combat it with information. So I'll, I'll throw a couple of things for you to um, think about that. We don't have time to talk about it. Um, over the last decade, I, I've um, done a lot of work. I actually uh, did a movie and a book about, you know, all of the stuff with um, what's going on up in the skies. And mm -hmm. there's two things I would just like to encourage people to look into. And I'll just leave it there. Okay. okay. Um, number one, um, rocket fuel, many of them, is aluminum. And so one of the things that has been ignored is chemtrails. Okay. That's one thing. Um, how about rocket trails? People don't realize that solid rocket boosters are aluminum. We're talking tons of microscopic aluminum at the highest levels of the atmosphere, raining down into the forests, leading to incendiary fires. I'll let people go research that. Um, and then I'll just say Valentina Sarkova. If you've seen any of the work with Valentina Sarkova, it's not about the heat or radiation energy coming out of the sun. 
she studied the fluctuations in the magnetic field. Mm-hmm. And when the sun goes through its many, you know, millennial year long cycles, um, she predicted back in 2015, um, you know, a period where the sun's magnetic field would be going through changes and the sun's magnetic field messes with the earth's magnetic field mm-hmm. causes a lot of volcanism and all that volcanism amongst with changes in the accessibility of cosmic rays dramatically changes the earth's climate so you know i blame the celestial heavens for what's going on with a lot of the weather look into valentina sarkova in 2015, she put forth her theory. Then they had like five years of data that fit the model really well. If you look at all of the climate models that everybody talks about, they're wildly off. Like, like nobody's right. got a model that actually has stood. Like, you know, you predict your model and then you get data for five years and you go, oh, look at that. The data yeah. matched the model. They fit the model to the data after the fact. Okay. And so none of these things are really surprising. They're only confusing if there's information that you don't have. Mm-hmm. And and that's where logic falls apart. Um, I went to school a million years ago for computer science and engineering. I actually took a logic course. And what I realized is that logic is different for everybody because everybody has different assumptions and you've got different starting points. And if there's information that you're, you don't have. And and so you have all the information that's available to you. You make a logical choice. People may or may not have chosen to get a jab. Oh, if I don't get this jab, they're going to take away my job. Okay. That's all right. If they don't realize, oh, but, you know, you have a right to your religious beliefs. And if you stand up for them and you have a deeply held religious belief and you stand up for it, they cannot discriminate you based on your religion. If you didn't know that, it makes all the difference in the world as to what you decide. Yep. And when that additional information comes in, most people go, oh, I wish you had told me that before I got the shot. Okay, but the point is, they probably didn't have a deeply held religious belief, so they wouldn't have been able to legitimately claim it because anybody who was in touch with, you know, their inner self, there's no way you let people do that. And so the point I'm getting at is when you have a lack of information, you can make what appears to be a logical decision but it's flawed because you're missing the info. Right. And the problem that's going on right now is people don't want to get new information, right? And so they keep making the same darn mistakes. Yeah. But people who are open to new info, okay? I just gave you two big ones, um, Rocket Trails and Valentina Sarkova. I'm not saying it's the answer to everything, but there's a lot of information contained in that that could easily change how people think. But if you don't want to know what you don't want to know, 
just going to keep making bad decisions. And so all of this stuff that's going on with the WHO, people are trying, I think, you know, to be aware of this, but the information is complicated. And what I see across the board is people saying, oh, here's what it is, here's what it is, here's what it is. And then you go and you read their article and you go, well, where's the source documents? Mm-hmm. Well, the source documents are all available on the WHO website. Um, I summarize them, but at the top of my articles, if you go to stopthewho.com, scroll down a little bit, all the documents are right there. Um, if you need help falling asleep at night, just read one page a day. It'll knock you right out. Okay. But don't believe what somebody says. Right. Go go get the actual source. And what you'll find is that most everybody who's talking like they know everything, they're mangling it. They're absolutely mangling the information. And you got to do better. People got to do better. Well, that's why I wanted to have you on the show, because I know you've done a lot of the research. And, and even though you don't know, you know, a lot of the other stuff about the World Economic Forum and like. Oh, I certainly don't know everything. That's for sure. Yeah, But you're you're spot on on all the, the who information. And so I, I think it's awesome that you have these websites to get the information out. And that's something that we can actually stand up and, and speak out against. I mean, because the military controls all the all the chemtrails and stuff. So, you know, we can't really fight the military. They, they do whatever they want, <laughs> you know, but the the, you know, the whatever the the World Health Organization, we, we can stand up and rise against what they want us to do, because it's really our consent that allows these things to happen. And, and if we all stand up and. You know, it's just like I was watching this video of these street racers and they were pushing the police out of their 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 uh, their little territory. And I'm like, so this is how we should rise up against the tyranny (laughs) instead of rising up against the police so they can, you know, do do donuts in the middle of the street. (laughs) Well, you know, the whole the whole idea, though, I'm going to expand on because it's actually really important. The discussion that has been in the media for the last couple of weeks, maybe, um, is about whether or not the Senate would have to confirm a treaty and whether it's constitutional and, you know, two thirds advice and consent and and all that sort of thing. And all of that is on one level, a legitimate discussion, but it's missing the point because it's talking about the treaty. Right. And so. The proposed amendments to the existing regulations are totally different beasts. And the easiest way is to explain it is to use an example. Last year, the WHO, they had their World Health Assembly in May. 194 member nations got together and they, they adopted amendments to the international health regulations. Mm-hmm. And nobody talks about that. Okay. And so what happened was they proposed amendments to five different articles. They met in back rooms, made secret little deals. And then they came out on May 27th last year in their assembly meeting. And the person who was running the meeting said, okay, we're now discussing this document. And they say, are there any objections? (laughs) And they wait for like 15 seconds. They go, Okay, it's adopted. There's no presidential signature needed. There's no Senate confirmation or even hearings. 
Mm-hmm. And so anybody who wants to talk about what they want to talk about, I'm telling you that that's what they did last year. And that's what the rules say govern how the international health regulations are amended. Now, you can talk about what theoretically should or should not be, Mm -hmm. but that's what happened. And so if it could happen last year, pretty sure it could happen again this year or the year after that, because that's the rules that govern amendments to the regulations. Everybody on TV is decoyed, you know, on, on alternative media, talking about stuff that may very well be true, but it doesn't apply. Right. And that's just one of the many ways that they get you. They talk about something, but it's a different story. That's not the story. And so that's the core of really what's going on is the concern is all of the details about the amendments to the regulations that don't need a presidential signature, don't need um, advice and consent of the Senate. Maybe they should, and maybe this is wrong, and I would Mm -hmm. be inclined to agree, but this is what is. It's what was. It was what was done in 2005, last year, and I'm concerned that they may do it again. And people are just being distracted by stories that are not properly applied to the current situation. Right. And that's one of the ways they get you all the time. They talk about something that sounds like it's related, but it's totally not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been reading um, that zero draft and, you know, it's, it's a long document that just will put you to sleep. But... And see, but that's the problem. Yeah. I'm not talking about the zero draft. Right. It's okay. The amendments that are important. The first 12 pages of the zero draft are just propaganda. Yeah. Okay. There's a bunch of crap at the end of it, but it doesn't contain the things that are most worrisome. And and so kudos for you for reading that because it is an important and real thing. But that's actually what they're trying to get people to do. Right. So that you don't look at the stuff that they don't want you to see. And so one of the things I've learned is if it's all over the news, um, that's because that's what they want you to know. Yep. So what are they not reporting? Well, last week they met all week long in Geneva discussing the um, international health regulations and the proposed amendments. And I didn't see anybody report on it. Nobody. Of course not. Okay. They're talking about the treaty. This week, they're going to be um, talking about the treaty, and everybody's going to be talking about the treaty, right? It's like, oh, these poor little um, amendments to the regulations, nobody wants to talk to them, right? Um, That's because they don't want you to see that. That's That's where the happening is. That's where the digital health certificates are. That's where the control mechanisms and the loss of sovereignty and all the other horrible stuff that people are talking about. It's being misdirected towards the treaty. And so um, one of the things I always do um, on any of these interviews is I give everybody my phone number. And so um, it's 310-619-3055. Every day, uh, California time at noon and 7 p.m., I have a public Zoom that anybody can attend. Um, It's all, you can find it on my Substack uh, or just give me a phone call. 
310-619-3055. I'm just trying to get everybody straight on what the information is, because I know that once you understand what it is, you'll be like, oh, hell no, right? Yeah. This can't be. So. so where can people find this information about the amendments? Because uh, those seem to be the most important. Do you you have a website? You can- um, the easiest place is stopthewho.com. That'll actually take you to one article on my Substack, and then you hit the archive and you can read everything. I don't put anything behind um, a paywall. It's all available for everybody to read. Just click on, you know, you want to read it. Or if you put your email in, you'll get the newsletter whenever I publish something. But um, no, it's so important. It's all free for people to read. If you go to stopthewho.com, it'll land you on um, the core, like introductory information. And if you want to really do something, you can go to stoptheglobalagenda.com. If you really want to get involved, go to exitthewho.com. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I mean, you came on here like very short notice, so I appreciate. Oh, anytime. That. Happy to. No, yeah. I mean it's it it's a it's a pleasure when people just want to get information out there. Um, yeah. it, it's astonishing how, um, in today's world, um, you know what? I'll, I'll give one more thing. I know you're getting ready to wrap it up. Um, back in September, I put out a call for people to. Get their phone or their camera, you know, on your laptop or whatever, and mm-hmm. just record whatever it is you want to say about this topic. And back in September, we got several hundred people to record, um, you know, a condensed version of what their opinion was about what was going on then. And all of those videos were wonderful. People are great. And you can find them all on screwthewho.com. <laughs> so if you go to screwthewho.com, you can see what your fellow men and women around the world had to say about what the WHO was doing back then. And I was just very pleasantly impressed by everything that people did. I, quite frankly, it's entertaining. And um, go see what your fellow human beings think about this. And at some point, I'm working on um, silenceequalsconsent.com. And I'm asking people to do it all over again. Nice. Get a video, you know, get a camera, get a phone, get a laptop, whatever. Speak your mind because they're not taking public comment. But, you know, we can we can be the media. You know, you have chosen to be the media. Yeah. Right. Keep it up. Everybody else join you. You know, just say what you want to say. Yeah. My platform used to just be music. I interview music artists and then something inside me was like, I can no longer do this. I, I don't have any fulfillment. I need this to speak the truth and then if if you go if you go to silence equals consent.com all spelled out there is some wonderful music that people have done that is appropriate to the times it's not just music for the sake of music um it's music with a message and there's some really good stuff out there so all right well i appreciate you coming on here and uh, I'll Thanks. put all the the links in the description for everybody to like follow and and hopefully we'll we'll get some more people that speak out and and hopefully this episode will motivate you know others to join your 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 cause. I mean, I'll definitely put some videos on your on your site. So cool. Right. Uh, it's a pleasure being here. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Well, you have a great evening, and it was okay. great talking to you.
your ignorance 